Welcome to the LifeScript Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sonu. The LifeScript Podcast is on a mission to uncover what health truly means and give insight into my unique evidence-based health philosophy I call Your LifeScript. The LifeScript Podcast aims to empower you with thought-provoking discussions with leading medical professionals and wellness experts and how it ties in to Your LifeScript. Together, we discuss the rapid rise of chronic diseases and mental health conditions and how our lifestyle, our emotional health and the core medicine all intertwines to give you the best health for life. Please be aware that this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat or provide individualized medical advice for any health conditions. If you're seeking tailored support, you can explore more on my website drsonu.com.au that's d-r-s-o-n-u.com.au i hope you enjoy this episode hello and welcome to another episode of the life script podcast this afternoon i have a very special guest matt hansford he's an exercise physiologist he's been a colleague i've worked with for years he's a musician i'm still waiting to hear his gig but yeah a man of many talents a lecturer at griffith university uh inspiring the young minds into his field of exercise physiology which i sometimes find my patients don't even understand what does matt do and i said just go see him so let me ask matt what do you do so thank you for having me first of all uh, it's great to be here so Exercise physiology is a relatively new field, um, you know, five to ten years, and it basically is born out of the idea that we can use exercise as medicine, right? Um, So we always had physiotherapy and physical therapy for the musculoskeletal system, pain, injuries, uh, rehabilitation from surgery, things like that. That's always been around, but this idea that exercise can be used as a preventative medicine as a proactive medicine uh you know it's coming to the foray um we are living in a time where you know with pharmaceutical intervention and you know all the modern medicine and western medicine we have people are living longer you know people are living uh 80 plus but are they living well is the better question right uh and that's where exercise comes in so the role of an exercise physiologist is to you know we prescribe exercise the same way a doctor might prescribe medicine it's you know, we understand your disease, your uh, pains and injuries, your history, and we prescribe exercise that suits you. So it might be to manage and treat the current conditions you have, or it might be to basically avoid those risk factors and make sure that we stay away from those chronic diseases. We do do the rehabilitation and pain side of things as well, but yeah, a big part of exercise physiology I suppose is you know creating exercise for everyone to use as a as medicine as a form of uh, proactive healthcare that helps to prolong and increase quality of life yeah excellent that's just music to my ears <laughs> and your prescription does not have any side effects do they yeah well unless there's too much of a good thing you know but yeah as long as we that, that's where we come in I suppose is to make sure it's safe and effective for that person for exercise physiology, there's considerations, um, you know, if someone has heart disease and things like that, we need to know where to stop, but there is no patient that can't use some form of exercise, or no person, I shouldn't even say patient, no person in this world that couldn't use some form of exercise to help 
improve their quality of life realistically perfect now what i'm hearing is just fundamental to mm. you know my philosophy and that's why we work so well together is that it's not just about how long you live mm. is how well you live absolutely and you know i have this quite a harsh you know statement i said you don't want to be doubly incontinent in a nappy in a nursing home eating mushy peas right on <laughs> i don't know uh, potatoes watching politicians bicker on tv mm. about the hk commission you want to be wiping your own bottom going to your own toilet cooking your own food Absolutely. and walking around till your last day and i think when i put it like that you know they get it they they understand that to live a good life they've got to you know focus on exercise and nutrition and all the things we talk about so i couldn't agree with you more we're living longer but mm. i think our quality of life is questionable uh yeah the the sort of stats and the research that's coming out right now is that the things you know that it you know uh, causes of death now dementia cardiovascular disease diabetes they're the most common they're becoming like dementia is one of the leading causes of death in australia right now for women um and i think maybe third for men however it's it's been shown and proven through research exercise and diet can you know play a huge part in preventing in preventing these conditions um, they're conditions born out from old age, but also mistreatment of the body, really. So you're so right in saying that, like, you know, it, you can live to 80 and 90 years old, but if you lose your mind, if you lose your capacity, it's, you know, you're potentially looking at what is, you know, not a great quality of life. Whereas, you know, the way I look at things and my philosophy, which is so similar to yours, is do these daily little things that you can do when it comes to the nutrition, the movement, these little things across the course of your lifetime and you're setting yourself up for success later in life with the capacity to have a higher quality of life. And I, I like to use this analogy with all of our patients, uh, which is treat exercise the same way you would treat taking a pill for diabetes or taking that asthma puffer every morning it's prescription it's kind of like i have to do this otherwise i'm going to get asthma or otherwise i it's might develop life right it's like otherwise i might de develop one of these conditions later yeah. in life do you know yeah. what i mean and you know that's i totally agree with you and i love your your uh, company's calling powered physiology yes. so it's all about empowering them getting into their brain you know that first bit of the emotional health, right. you know, what will motivate them, what is their attitude towards exercise, what will, you know, tickle their heart and yeah. their motivation and, you know, what is doable, what is safe, like you said, because Absolutely. when they're with you, you can assess their injury profile, you can assess their cardiovascular health, so you can give them a program that is safe so they feel like they can do it. Uh, giving them small achievable goals absolutely um, so how do you think you motivate people what is the magic about Matt you know what do you do with a client tell me so this is my sort of like it's what I have become super passionate about is you understand very rapidly and you know we all know this exercise isn't for everyone there's people who are inherently love exercise you know there's just people who absolutely adore it they love the gym they love the community they love these other things and then there's people especially in the older demographic now where perhaps 
they weren't raised on this idea that exercise is medicine and thing. It was more about aesthetic and all these other sort of things. You've got to sort of get them on board with this kind of thing. Now, when it comes to motivation and adherence, it's about tapping into their lifestyle, their emotion and their, what, like how it can become relevant to them. Um, you know, with a few of the clients that we see at your clinic, you know, there are some people there who've not exercised in 10, 15 years kind of thing. You haven't moved the muscle, they come That's down. That's you. You're all right. And they come down and they're like, oh, exercise, no, I don't know about that kind of thing. But then you, you, you sit and have a discussion with them and make it a little bit less clinical and maybe talk about like, what is it that you want like out of your life? What is it that you want to be able to do every day? And they're like, oh, I like doing this and that. And you can tease some things out and you go, listen, wouldn't it be amazing if that that quality of doing those things was increased if it if you felt better doing those things if all of these things and you know we help them garner an understanding about the emotional reason that exercise can be helpful to them but then we build it into their lifestyle with proven scientific and strategic strategies like i've spoken to you about this like dopamine understanding and how to not necessarily hack the system, but work with your own neurochemistry to increase motivation over time. So, so educating about what our, how our body functions and right. our brain functions, yeah. When it comes to exercise, you get people straight away who are like, right, I'm going to dive into seven times a week, one hour a day exercise, like I'm getting fit. And then of course they fall off after a few weeks because it's not sustainable, because it's not... It's not structured, it's not inherent, you know, we look at, you know, it's a bit of an old old acronym, but the SMART goal, you know, it's looking at things that are measurable and attainable and relevant to them. And so I'm there, I suppose part of what I do is like life coaching as well, yes. <laughs> in, in, in a way. And but like all life coaches right, as clinicians, right. aren't you, we? Because, you know, otherwise they could just go on the internet and download an exercise program and away they go, which I think the reason I'm there is to help people not only, you know, get the right exercise prescription for what they need, but also to inherently build it into their life and in, in, into their daily, like I like this idea of this sort of 1% every day over time equals this big amount. And you know, these people look, you know, it's this get rid of this all or nothing attitude and just go little bit by little bit. If you miss it today, let's go tomorrow and help them create exercise as part of their psyche I love that quote from Atomic Habits and it's like instead of I want to run five days a week it's I want to be a runner like it's who you are yes. I am an exerciser you introduced you know me I mean? to that book yeah it's a great I, book you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read it uh, James Clear yeah, Atomic yeah. Habit and I I often quote that and I often say to my patients women sometimes you know who want to lose 30 kilos I said right you can be 30 kilos lighter sitting in that chair mm. a year from now absolutely and we can guarantee you that yeah, and mm. they suddenly look really like what? Massive? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for the next three sixty-five days, you've got to chip at it. Yeah, you know, it's not gonna be crash diet for three three weeks, and yeah. you know, and and the power of what you can achieve in a year versus what you can achieve in two weeks and two months. Exactly, it's just because then it becomes like you said, it's how you live, it's mm. how you practice, and. And it's achievable. Then mm. you can say, yeah, I can do that. You can do that too. So I say, imagine yourself in that chair in my consulting room on the 29th of May, 2024. Mm. And dream away. Yeah. You know? And, and it's a very positive 
imagery. And I said, Absolutely. and like you, you um, said, 1% over a year is 36%. Mm. So, you know, they want Absolutely. 30 kilos off. It's usually less than 36% of their body weight. Well, that's it. I'd, I'd say to some of my students, it's kind of the same sort of idea of what you're saying is the idea of a North Star we can have these grand goals and things where like, you know, I want to be this 30 kilos lighter. I want to all these things. It's kind of like, if you say to that client, this imagery, put yourself in that chair, always be moving towards that as best you can. And if you deviate from that path, don't forget to just look back towards the star. Mm-hmm. I think too often, you know, this is what we talk about is setting yourself up with systems for success, not just going, I want to be 30 kilograms lighter and then just, you know, every so often you exercise and you crash diet and then you do all these things and you go up and you're down and you fluctuate. And what that sort of causes is, you know, negative uh, internal self-talk and stuff because it's, I failed, I failed again, I failed again. Instead, you come to someone, you know, if you don't have these tools for success, come and see someone like us and we talk to you about, there's your North Star, this is where you want to be eventually. Here are the little daily things that you can do to walk, work, walk towards that North Star. And if you fall away and start looking in another direction for a little bit, know that it's okay. Know that we can talk okay to ourselves, be kind to ourselves, and then get back on that right path. Because I think that's probably the biggest pitfall for anyone who's trying to get on some sort of exercise journey is in, like internal self-negativity. It's like... I did three days and then I stopped and I suck. You know what I mean? It's like, and so, and what that drives is the opposite of motivation. It drives you to not want to do the thing because you think you're going to fail. So it's like, that's what we're here to help with, you know? And that is so true, Matt. Mm. I couldn't resonate with that thought more because probably that was me a year ago. You know, it's always like, yeah, I'm going to lose weight, but I'm going to put it back on. Yeah, I'm going to go to the gym, but I'm not going to continue. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like a self-sabotage. And mm. and one of my favorite uh, things now I say is I've got out of my own way. <laughs> nice. I like it. I like it. And I'm first in my queue. And, and yeah, every day I wake up, I think, okay, I've got to move my body. I've got to put good nutrition in it. Mm. And I've got to live my purpose. And that's, that's it. it. And yeah. then the day ends, I go to sleep. Yeah. And then Love if it. I was to get up again tomorrow two thumbs up yeah that's it that's it it means you've inherently built those systems into your life you look at it in a very spiritual way which is amazing it's i can hear the way you talk is very kind to yourself in that way um and then i'm looking at it over here in like an analytical way which is that you've created systems for yourself for success which is i must move well it's not even i must move i'm a mover you know like i am someone who nourishes my body I am someone who speaks nicely to myself. And for those three things, even if I fail the movement thing this day because I was had a bit of a cold or you know work got very busy, that's okay. I'm someone who moves. I'll do it again tomorrow. And that's it, you know, if we can and that's a journey that you've been on and yes. it's not doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. It's about changing belief systems first. You can't and this is the problem with the crash dieting. There's probably not even a word for this yet, but there's crash exercise programs as well because you know totally, I totally agree. Eight week fitness, like let's do that. And like that's not. I like, want one though. No, 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 no. That's, 
I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. It's my thing. 38 week fitness. No, <laughs> that's not well, that's, see, that's okay. There's not a problem with these um, eight week things. Sometimes they can kick on for people, but of course. you've got to make sure that with the eight week, you know, body transformation or whatever it is, comes a change in belief about exercise as well. Because if it doesn't, if it's just eight weeks of hard fitness, got my body in shape, they'll tend to slip back, which is what happens with the dieting. So. Yeah. And, and that is key, I think, the sustainability. Yes. It's change for life. Mm. It's, it's knowing the right narrative. You nurture yourself to somewhere mm. rather than beat yourself up. And, yeah. I, and I love that. I'm going to bring you back to what you said, which I think is very relevant, the all and none phenomenon. Mm. You know, so yeah, oh, I had a biscuit now. I've crashed my diet now. So yeah. I'm going to have... Uh, a cake for dessert as well and then I'm gonna eat a packet of chips at night and mm. you know so they just crash they just like mm. rather than saying well it's, I've had a biscuit I'll go back and have a healthy dinner tonight you yeah know? So things like that or they miss their exercise and think yeah I'm a failure again comes to the narrative so give me a few uh, things that we can think or talk about to counteract that Something, you know, there's, there's all sorts of different tools and techniques. Something that I do with a few of our clients over at Han is that I, I try to encourage people to journal, to like reflect, right? It's, some people will turn their nose up at it straight away, but I think it's an extremely powerful tool. It was always said to me, you know, um, journaling allows you to put the thoughts on a piece of paper and once they're out of your mind, they're a lot less scary when you're you know you're not mixing them up with your own uh judgment of them does that make sense yes so let's yes. say um, it's, it's out there you yeah. parked it yeah so it's there so it's kind of like i failed to go to gym today or something like that and then you go why did that happen well i wasn't feeling great about you know this and that i got a bit tired from work or whatever it is you know get them to write that down and then reflect what might i be able to do in the future to change that even that simple exercise is perhaps corny as it might sound it takes the weight off you of this self-reflection of negativity. It allows you to say, it's okay that I did that kind of thing. You know, I missed this session. This is why it happened. This is what I'm going to try to do tomorrow instead. You know, you flip that from what was internally, uh, man, I missed a session today. I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm not going to go tomorrow. I'm going to go to McDonald's and get myself a big burger or something. Do you know what I mean? And that, that happens quite quickly, yes. quite rapidly. This like negative thought part, I myself, I've suffered myself with a bit of absolutism in terms of my own health journey where I can be quite self-negative towards myself. And I, I, I've had a, so much more success with this idea of balance recently than all or nothing approaches. Yes. So I was very much have to exercise six to seven times a week, yes. must eat perfectly, must, you know, wake the eight hours perfect sleep, wake up and see the sun, all these things that I've learned through science I had to be all of them and realized I was quite unhappy I was drained of energy and I was stressed I flipped that script myself script there you go I flipped I flipped <laughs> yeah, that I'm myself getting into yeah, your brain. Yeah, it's in there I flipped that myself and started to set up what I did for myself and I've done this with a couple of clients is there are 10 things across the course of my day, which is similar to what you were just mentioning about I must move, I must nourish, I must do this. I've got 10 things across the course of my day 
that I try and tick off at least five of them a day. Yeah. It's much more balanced, right? So it's not this all or nothing approach. So it might be stay off my phone for three hours in a row. It might be get eight hours sleep. It might be drink three liters of water. It might be move, you know, do a stretch, whatever it is. Come up with your rules for life, let's say, or yes. your, your structures that will create a positive day for you. Do something nice for you. And you don't have to smash it out of the park. I just get 50% every day. Bang, 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 bang. Sometimes I get 100%. Sometimes I drop below 40. But I know that I'm always 1% each day work, working towards that North Star, which is a I love longer, that North Star. Um, I'm use it. It's great. It's great. And it's, that North Star for me is living longer with more capacity to do the things that I want to do, yeah. which is through health. Yeah. yeah. See, I have this... 100, 100, 100 goal. And oh, you mentioned yeah. that to me. Live, That's right. Live till yeah. 100. Yeah. Work till I'm 100 because I love my work. Yeah. Hopefully I don't have to work for money. But yeah. And to create $100 million of legacy in health and well-being. Yeah, you know, nice. I have this vision to educate a whole village. I'm sponsoring a tribal a girls' school in India. Nice. My friend Bina is going there to buy all the kids. And, you know, it just motivates me that's my KPI absolutely if my business can do well enough to fund that then you know I'm a success yeah and and just that hundred 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 goal it just makes me so I don't know it makes me feel good because mm. if I can live till hundred obviously I'm doing something right and if I can work till hundred I will have my mind capacity because mm. I wouldn't work if I'm demented mm. and I would have the power to change the world and make an impact so so I've, I've put it out in the universe mm. I, I and every day uh, like you said I just think okay what am I doing towards, towards, towards that, that stuff. you know yeah, yeah. so if if uh, and, and and I also I think we'll, we'll talk about this a bit more it's about that acceptance of imperfection yes vulnerability yes. accepting things that go out of plan, mm. you know, out of your control. Um, I was listening to a podcast of Sam Harris on a drive to Byron with a friend recently and and he was talking about the difference between intelligence, creativity and wisdom. Okay. And he said intelligence is knowing what's right and wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Creativity is imagining it to your potential, you know. Mm. Um, creating beyond imagining mm. you know the potential of something and wisdom is to sit with contradictions mm. to know what you can and what you can't control absolutely and be okay with it yeah and uh, and i think that with the concept of equanimity so you know not going here when you've had a great day and not mm. going here when mm. you've had a bad day and kind of take it in your stride, I think you did that gesture too, yeah. is, is I think very fundamental principles oh, and, and uh, both of us I think having had our own journeys of being there and mm. I think a lot of clinicians will type A or perfectionists yeah. we want yeah, big time. <laughs> but I think uh. talking to our patients about being okay with not, not yeah. being 100% and small goals um, what do you see as the missed message in, in our community with our patients? What's going wrong with, with this whole industry of exercise? Oh, I, have, you, um, have you read this new book, Outlive? 
I've heard about it. Yeah. I haven't got it yet, but yes, you it's on my list. You must have. <laughs> Everything you talk about, it's, he's got a very similar ideology, but he... Um, I can't remember it's his name. For me. Dr. Peter something. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, but he... Talks yes, about a friend sent it to me, I think. About oh, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. You're gonna absolutely love it. But it's, he talks about medicine 2.0, which was yeah. this amazing thing that you know uh, was built from understanding the germ theory and understanding. Uh, it, essentially, it is coming up with all these amazing medicines, but medicine, Western medicine, is very reactive. Yes, like so, so reactive, um, and there are still so many doctors who are only going to probably ever see it that way until they retire, which is okay. Like I'm a lot younger and brought up in a different, I suppose, ideology. I you don't go, think it's age related, but I see that. Point. Yeah. 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 I, I struggle with it sometimes. The light or not. <laughs> he, he talks about medicine 3.0, which is where he wants us to head, which is where you want us to head as well, which is proactive medicine. And it's the understanding that, I mean, we talk about it all the time. It's it's exercise. It's the food you put in your body. It's the sleep that you get. It's the water that you get. Now, we say, what is wrong with the system is your question. It's everything is geared towards reactivity. Everything is always geared to let's wait until the diagnosis. Let's wait until the thing happens to then treat the thing. Uh, he, I'm trying to think of like a good analogy, but it's sort of, you know, you're allowing the thing to fester. You're allowing the thing to get to the point over time. Uh, and then you're looking at the healthcare bills through the roof. You're looking at a healthcare system across, let's just say Australia for now. It is across the world, but across Australia that is um, clogged up, full of clients who are in absolutely avoidable situations. Yes. Right? Now. Totally. I understand that we, the healthcare system employs so many people, but... Imagine a world where your medicine that you take every day is nourishing food, is correct exercise, is the right amount of sleep. Uh, the amount of chronic disease that is abolished, yeah. completely abolished across 90%. the board. It's more. It's diabetes. It's cardiovascular disease. It's stroke. It's dementia. It's like mental it, health. It's oh, it's across the board. Now these things aren't all like it's not a one hundred percent thing, but. I think that um, that is the problem and when your healthcare providers are the ones delivering the message, then the people, think of it as a funnel I suppose, the people at the bottom, the consumers, the clients, the patients are the ones who are going to receive that message and you know I, I in my old job used to do a lot of GP visits and you know just have a chat about what I do and like what we did as a um, facility and this idea of like, oh, exercise physiology, like, is this for injuries? And I'm like, no, well, it's proactive healthcare, you know. We want to see your patients come to us so that we can help them avoid the, the yes. blah, blah, blah. And they're kind of like, oh, well, you know, I think the idea is a client comes into a doctor office and then is going, this is the problem I have, can you fix it? Mm. Instead of let's say a client comes into a doctor and goes, hey, doctor, like, I'd love to hear about how I can avoid all of these yes. things. When That has never happened, probably ever, from a patient going in and going, how can that's I avoid all these things? Right. That, that's my job. So if yeah. a patient comes to me, they're diabetic, yeah, and they want their scripts for diabetes, mm. now I tell them, you're diabetic. So unless we fundamentally change your trajectory, 
you're high risk for getting a stroke, mm-hmm. getting dementia, mm-hmm. and then dying of your disease. Yeah. yeah. All these pills are just managing your diabetes. Mm. They're not doing anything to change that trajectory fundamentally. Mm. So now I say with my, you know, the last trip program or my approach, you know, I call it my 2.0, mm. uh, you know, version, the Netflix series, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Sonu. It's about that. It's mm. about fundamentally changing the long-term trajectory of my patient's health, mm. even though even those who've had some chronic diseases, either to cure them, I know mm. that's a big promise and a big word and I don't take that lightly, but mm. that's possible if mm. you get it early enough and there are lots of modifiable risk factors, or change the potential havoc they will mm. play in your life because of lifestyle you know, changes, etc. So, mm. um, and, and that is powerful. Absolutely. I feel... I feel powerful mm. in, in, in that just that um, passion to do that and, and and patients like you said they're not used to that they, mm. they're there they usually come they want a script and they accept that they're asthmatics they're gonna get puffers mm. and every winter they're gonna get sick four times mm. but then you tell them look if you exercise if you eat better your gut is better mm. your asthma will not get worse mm. you know <laughs> they're like really is it possible absolutely so i think i think you're right and i see that in my my clinic that people are surprised some of them seek that because you know i've been now waving this flag for a bit mm. I'm, I'm known for for that now so you know people come to seek that kind of proactive care but I agree with you. What is wrong with our system is we're reactive. And we're also very piecemeal. They go to this doctor for, you know, this specialist for this and this specialist for that. And the gut specialist will put them on a, um anti-acid drug, which will make their bones thinner. And, you know, whatever else. Like, everybody will put them on different medication mm. and... Then it's just a cocktail of who knows what and then, yeah. And, and, and... You know, it's the job of general practice to kind of be the gatekeeper to coordinate their care, but that again is not happening as well as it could for for various reasons. But we could talk about the politics of medicine. Well, I was just gonna. This is a very reductive way to look at it, but think uh, less doctors' visits equals more time for a client to be with their doctor. I would assume the reason there are so many clogged up practices is because of reactive healthcare so i know it's this is a hard thing to, it's not going to happen overnight there are more and more people looking at medicine this way which is fantastic so let's say 50 years from now or something i don't know it's just the way it's like you'd love for the government and you know to the promotion of strategies heaps of promotion and incentives yeah. Yeah. to look after yourself the insurance companies are already ahead of it. Of you know, there, there is... It's the best dollar is, investment in health. That's it. Prevention. People, people, my own health insurance, if I put my blood pressure in every week, they literally bring my premium down. Yeah. And the idea is look after your health. And obviously this is about money, but like I'm looking at it on this idea of you're saying, oh, you know, it's it's tough for the GPs right now. You know, you've got to look at some practice systems back to back to back to back. And they're just getting swamped with appointments it's hard in that, you know, whatever it is, 15 to half an hour gap to really empower people to look after themselves in that way because they're going, hey, my back's sore, or hey, I've got this and this and this, please fix it right now. And so 
I don't know, maybe this is idealistic, but you'd like to think that there could be a world where there is more time with to help empower that patient and work with them if they need to visit the doctor less. Yes, and I aren't maybe. sold. I'm on the other camp already. So I said, no, it's not a one problem, one consult with me. I want to know all your problems. Yeah, so yeah, I want to yeah, connect yeah. the dots. I want to spend time with you. I'd rather spend time with you to motivate you to mm. have results. But yeah, I think we're... we're we need to go that way. Mm. I think we are opening the door to that path. I think uh, I was asked about this by Bern Young on ABC Radio. Do you think, Dr. Sonner, your model of changing the world, creating a blue zone in Gold Coast, where mm. everybody exercises <laughs> and eats well, or at least has that proactive approach? Uh, will they embrace it? Will you have doubters? And I very proudly declared, no, Gold Coast will be the first blue zone town in the world. So love there it, you go. love that. <laughs> so, yeah, on that positive note, Matt, let me take this opportunity to thank you for everything you do for my patients, for of who course. you are, for the love you bring to the world with, with everything you do and your music and your, you know, just who you are. And... Uh, yeah, I look forward to reading the book Outlive and I look forward to more chats. Very and, good. Yeah. And thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure and we shall talk again Absolutely. in another episode, another time. I'm sure we'll have you in this chair again. So thank you, Matt. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. This is The Last Group Podcast, your host, Dr. Sonu. Thank you for tuning in to The Last Group Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. The show notes and any resources mentioned can be found in the accompanying blog post on my website. Please remember that the information provided in this podcast is not intended to diagnose or provide medical advice for any health conditions. If you're looking for individualized support, please head over to my website, drsonu.com.au. That's drsonu.com.au to learn more about how Kiran Wellness and its programs can help you on your health and healing journey.